Hey friends, I hope you're all staying as healthy and safe and comfortable as possible and that you're taking care of the people and pets that are important to you. I've been trying to take care of our pet. If you didn't already know, my family and I rescued a puppy from Texas this past September. Now, she's a black lab mix that our daughter named Lola. Now, I don't know what was going on with Lola toward the end of this past week, but I woke up at 3 a.m. on Friday to use the bathroom, and as soon as I stepped out of the bedroom I shared with my wife, I knew something was amiss. I, I could smell something foul. So I went downstairs, and sure enough, Lola had had diarrhea in her crate. Now, the night before, she'd been acting strange. She would walk over to the door and cry, and I'd get up and try to take her outside, and, and she would walk back to her crate and lie down. And This must have gone on for at least an hour and a half, and I finally got her to go out, and all she did was pee. So there I was at 3 a.m. Friday morning, cleaning up after the dog. It didn't take too long. Most of the mess was on a blanket in her crate, so... All I had to do was pick it up and throw it out, but there were some residuals that I did have to clean up. So then I go back to bed. Again, mind you, it's probably at this point, you know, in the 3 o'clock hour still. So I sleep for three hours, and when I wake up at in the 6 o'clock hour and I come downstairs, guess what? More diarrhea. Uh, this time it was on the rug, and it was it was behind a curtain, so I had to clean the curtain and the rug. So that was my Friday morning. The rest of the day goes by without without incident, fortunately. But Saturday morning, I wake up, and fortunately, I don't smell anything when I leave the bedroom. But I walk downstairs to find Lola has destroyed all of her bedding. No poop, no peep, no vomit, but uh, all the stuffing has been pulled out of the cushion in the pillow we put in her crate for her to sleep on. She literally tore the zipper off the pillow in order to get, the, get at the stuffing. Friends, I love this dog, but she can be a lot. Whew. Did I mention you're listening to the People Are the Enemy podcast? You are. If this is your first time listening, welcome. I'm the host of the show. My name is Andy Mascola. There are no ads on People Are the Enemy, and there is no Patreon set up for it. If you love the show and want to help support it and myself monetarily, I would like to let you know that I am a self-published novelist with eight books currently available for purchase in ebook and paperback formats worldwide via Amazon. If you don't use Amazon, you can find most of my novels in paperback format at barnesandnoble.com. If you'd like to help the podcast financially and get yourself or the reader in your life a, a great story, I encourage you to type my name, which again is Andy Mascola. My last name is spelled M-A-S as in Sam, C-O-L-A as in Coca-Cola. Type that into your Amazon or Barnes & Noble search bar and get yourself a great novel. If you're a regular listener to this podcast and you've already purchased any or all of my books, thank you, thank you, thank you. I sincerely appreciate your generous patronage. And with all that out of the way, here's the quirky theme song.
whoa, whoa. Oh my goodness, friends. Time to replace that laptop, huh? Holy moly. That was a first? My goodness, were you scared? I got a little scared. Hoo-hoo-hoo! The theme song, for those who were listening for the first time, the theme song doesn't usually uh, have that uh, little uh, part in there when it kind of goes... That, that doesn't happen. No, that was, uh, that was a mistake. That was a mistake. And, uh, and uh, I don't know if you can hear that. That's the pipes. That's the pipes. The pipes, the pipes are calling. Hello, this is episode 164 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Yes, it was a rough start to the show this this time, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna push through. Uh, thank you so much for checking out the show this week. It's it's good to have you with me. It's good to see you. You're looking well. You've made a a, a great decision to spend your time with me. This isn't going to be a long one. Uh, I've been kind of keeping them relatively short this month, if, if only because there there are five Mondays this month, and I want to give you something each Monday. Uh, so we're going to keep this to about 20 minutes. But uh, don't look at your watch. I'm going to try to make you forget about time right now. I'm going to talk to you about just stuff that's been going on uh, in my life. Uh, I, I, uh, I started a new job. Uh, this was my second week at the new job. I'm still in training. It's a lot, a lot of information, but uh, I'm getting through it. But I don't want to talk about work. I want to talk about the library because I was able to go to the library. And when I say go to the library, I mean literally go inside for the first time in like a long time, like months. Our library has been closed to the public. And the only way to get books out or DVDs or what have you, if you still do DVDs, I sometimes do DVDs. I saw Kajillion Air on DVD. I know a lot of people think that's uh, antiquated, and um, it is. But, uh, but uh, a lot of times there's a brand new movie that I don't... Uh, I, I use a library and I don't uh, don't feel like shelling out on on demand for it, you know. Anyway, um, so I the library had been closed. It was only open to just curbside pickup, so you could go online. You could put a book on hold at our local library. Uh, they let you know when it came in, and then you drive up and you call the library and you put your mask on, and then somebody comes out with a brown paper bag. It was very dubious looking to anybody looking, I'm sure. And they hand you a paper brown paper bag through your car window with your book or books or DVD, and, and you drive home. Yeah, and, and I did that a few times. That worked out nicely, actually. But but I'll tell you, one thing I did miss was I missed browsing. You know, I missed, I, you know, I'm a book fan. I'm a, I'm a writer, so I, I'm a big reader. And and while I, I'd had plenty to, to read uh, over the, the, the months and I was able to find a few things that I was looking forward to reading that were that had come into the library that I could put on hold and pick up with a curbside pickup. I, I missed like browsing and just like picking something up on a whim. So I, I was able to do that this, this past weekend. Saturday, I went to the library. I was there right when they opened and I was able to browse and, and pick out some great books. I'm going to I'm gonna tell you about one of them right now. The others I, I got through uh, Hoopla. You ever use Hoopla? That's a service that's available, I think, through through libraries. Um, I think, I, I think exclusively, I'm not sure exactly, but I know that basically it's, it's, it's an app you can download and you type in your library card number and what it allows you to do is it allows you to, um, to take out, uh, books digitally and music and TV shows and movies and you can watch these digitally and, and you get like three credits a month, which I think equates to like three different, um, three different downloads. And I've done that, and I, I got some interesting things I wanted to tell you. Uh, well, first of all, I should say that I, I finished, finally, two Ursula K. Le Guin books. And, and when I say finally, the first one I liked a lot. I got two books for, for Christmas because I... No, actually, it was for my birthday, which was in November. Um, and my father had got me these two books because he, he and I usually purchase each other books for 
our birthdays. It's kind of a, a, our thing. And I'd seen a documentary on Ursula K. Le Guin, and I thought it was quite fascinating, and I'd, I'd never read anything by her. And I thought to myself, after seeing this documentary, I said, you know what, I should really explore her work. And I'm not a huge sci-fi guy, uh, but, uh, but uh, you know, if, if, if good writing is good writing, in my opinion, whether whatever genre it is. And, and um, I'd, uh, I was, I was t quite taken by this, uh, por this uh, portrait of this, uh, this American author, uh, Ursula K. Le Guin, who was known for for being one of the the only female science fiction authors at that time in in the the 60s when all this these other authors were were kind of coming into vogue and um and i i my father gave me two two books of hers he he got me the left hand of darkness and he got me another one called the dispossessed so i read them both back to back the the left hand of darkness was good it was very good it was it was about like an envoy who travels to this this planet where the people on the planet for uh, most of the month are are um, have have like a, a designated gender, but then there's there's a time when they're they're kind of genderless and can kind of morph into a different gender. It's kind kind of interesting, though. You know, imagine like this is the mid '60s and this woman is writing about this. Obviously, you know the whole, you know the whole the whole um, you know a whole a lot with gender right now is 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 in, is uh, you know there's a lot of talk about it. It's a very in, in vogue as far as as far as far as uh, gender fluidity you know if I, and i can't i it's it's hard i'm i apologize if I, i'm not speaking upon it properly but um but uh but yeah so there's so that's uh, that was an interesting thing for her to to be writing about and i liked the story a lot it was it was very good it was well written and uh, it had a, a great plot and like this 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 giant journey at the uh, halfway through that that kind of took you to the to the uh to the from the middle of the book to this great ending and it's this this harrowing journey and it was kind of like wow this is this is really cool this is very uh well written and kind of you're kind of like uh empathizing with this character who's this envoy from you know he's away from home and he's 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 traveling in these extreme climates and and you're kind of like wow is he gonna make it is he not gonna make it of course you think he's gonna make it because you know uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, he's the hero, right? Oh, uh, anyway, so not to give anything away, but uh, so I read that one, and then I read The Dispossessed, which, which was not nearly as, as compelling, in my opinion. Uh, this was about a scientist who, who'd come from an anarchist planet and kind of was, he was, he was kind of wooed because he was, uh, for his experiments, he was wooed by a, a, a capitalist planet to come, to come there and, and, uh, do these, uh, temporal experiments, meaning like experiments with time, and he had these theories on time, and he was, uh, he was, um, he was, um, he was creating this, it was called simultaneity, like, or simultaneity, this, this project that he was working on, where it was like instant communication or something like that. And of course, again, remember, this is, this is a book written in the mid-60s. Anyway, um, so, so yeah, the, this, this book was, was okay, it started okay, and I had some empathy for the, for the main character, the scientist, and, he falls in love uh, with a woman from the uh, from the capitalist planet, and of course he's an anarchist, so it's it's you know there's there's issues there. Um, but then it was a slog, man. Like the last like third of the book, I was like, oh my god, I just want this thing to to be over. And it it, it could add something to do with the fact that I was you know I, I I just started this other job that I was just mentioning a moment ago, and I was I was doing a lot of things, getting ready for the job, and I, of course I had it on my mind. And uh, I was, you know, working my way through this book in, in, in my time off, and I kind of just felt like, man, I just want to get through this thing and get on with my life, you know, by the time it was like the last third of the book. So I did. I got through the book, and 
what I like to do, and this is this is something I've I've done for years now, is that in between like novels, I I, I tend to read graphic novels. You know what I mean? Meaning like in between like reading like a literary novel, um, I tend to I tend to like break it up by reading either like comic books or like a collection of comic books, meaning a graphic novel. Um, and this has worked for me. It's sort of like like the kind of I, I told a I told a friend of mine about how I do this, and he said, you know, it's kind of it's kind of like a a primer, basically like kind of resets her palate. And he was right. He's right. Essentially, that's what it does. It, it sort of reset my palate. And, and so so this this past weekend, I blew through like a, a bunch of graphic novels that I got through Hoopla, and, and the first was Fonte Bukowski, and I hope I'm saying that right. It's it's F A N T E Bukowski by Noah Van Skyver or Skiver. I hope I'm saying that right. And uh, he was the artist and and the writer. And what Fonte Bukowski was about was uh, this this it was it was basically these comedy vignettes based around like a 23 year old uh, writer who's terrible. He's not a good writer at all. And uh, he sort of believes that fame should just be able to come to him. And he's like always kind of like, oh, I've been working at this for for over a year and I'm not getting anywhere. And of course, like as as anyone knows who who who's written anything and or anybody who's you know, um, who's tried anything and to be great at it, to be successful, you have to do it for a long, long time. And it's sort of like this jaded 23-year-old who uh, who just wants uh, success handed to him. And you're watching him go through these these little vignettes where uh, he's trying to, to, to meet um, agents and uh, the agents are kind of just laughing at him. Uh, and, uh, you know, he, he meets a girl and, and uh, she's a writer too. And, and it's, it's, the artwork was beautiful. And, and some of the vignettes were, 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 were moderately funny. I, I made a, I might've laughed, laughed out loud like once, you know, it wasn't like laugh out loud, uproariously funny. Um, it was okay. And I, and I guess there's another, a second volume. And I, I, I think at some point I may, I may read the second volume, but, uh, yeah, that was, that was interesting. And another book that I read, another graphic novel, I don't even know if you call this a graphic novel. Uh, but this is one I did get from the library this past weekend. It was called "What It Is" by Linda Barry. Uh, and Linda Barry, uh, if you if you're if you're on social media at all, you may have seen her work. It's it's very distinctive, and um, um, I I, ha I hasten to call it cutesy, but but her characters are are kind of cute. You know what I mean? She and she she draws uh, little monkeys very well. I've seen that before. She she does a, a lot of uh, drawings of herself. You know, and she's kind of does the thing where, you know, the glasses without the pupils, if you can picture that, like um, spectacles without pupils. Anyway, this book, what it is, and the other thing she does magnificently, and this was most impressive in this book, was uh, collages, these fantastic collages. And this book, what it is, was a, it was a big book. It was a big hardcover book I'd found at the library, and I'd, I'd never read anything by Linda Berry. I'd seen her work on social media, and I was quite taken with it, and I thought to myself, well, this woman is, is obviously very thoughtful and uh, very talented, and is she has a lot to say about art and that's exactly what this book what it is was about it was all about creativity and how to harness it and basically she takes you through her own life and, and it's written as as if a memoir and she was born in the late 50s so in 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 the the late 60s and and 70s she's growing up with all like the underground comics like the zap comics and the r crumb and stuff so she's obviously influenced by that um she's got kind of a an, an awful mom who's very overbearing and and, and cruel you know, you might say cruel, although Linda doesn't seem to, to, to consider her cruel. She just considers her just like her upbringing with, I think she had like 
two or three brothers, and, and she was the lone girl in the family. And uh, But she kind of considered it like her upbringing being the same as every other kid in her neighborhood. Not a lot of money in the household. There are only a few books in the house, and she was able to, to read these books and, and get a real passion for literature, and then sort of sort of uh, through through her the educational system through all her, her some great teachers who got to spend some time with her she was able to she was able to to find a you know this creative creative energy inside her to create these beautiful beautiful works and uh, she does a really good job of kind of ex taking the reader in this book what it is through uh through like uh you know um different uh different um i you know i i want to i want to call them like I, I, I guess like projects is the best way to describe it. Like she says, well, try this or try thinking about this or try using a story with this. And, and I didn't do these things. I, I read the book as much as you can read uh, this book. There was, there were, there, there were only so many pages of it that were written as far as like prose was concerned. And the prose was still on like a beautifully um, crafted page. Uh, it was, but there were a lot of, a lot of, um, activities and assignments so to speak in the book and uh some beautiful 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 um collages i recommend you checking it out linda berry what it is another book i i, I got through hoopla and read this past week and was called the neil gaiman library volume one and of course y you must know neil gaiman he's he's a writer he wrote american gods um shoot he wrote Coraline. you know he created the sandman series you know Neil Gaiman is great, in my opinion. He's he's fantastic, and 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 what this Neil Gaiman Library Volume One, and I think right now there are three volumes of this thing, and I read the first one this past weekend. What it did was it collected three of his graphic novels, and when I say graphic novels, he he's not an artist, or or at least he didn't do any art in these for these stories. He just wrote the stories, and he had other people do the artwork. And, and the first was called A Study in Emerald, which was like. Um, Sherlock Holmes, but without saying that it was Sherlock Holmes, you know what I mean? I, I'm pretty sure there are probably copyright issues, perhaps at that time, where he couldn't use the character. But it was definitely like a Sherlock Holmes-esque story told uh, in, in the uh, late 1800s in London. Uh, another one, oh, what was it called? Jeez, oh, I know what it's called. No, I can't even read my writing here. Son of a gun. Murder Mysteries. Yeah, jeez. I can't believe that. The, the the second story was called Murder Mysteries. It involved a a, a young guy, um, his relationship with an, with an older woman, and uh, that was kind of charming. It took place in modern day, and then uh, he has this interaction with the, this this older woman, and it's sexual, and it's 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 very well well written and well done as far as as far as uh, as far as um, the scenes go. And what happens is he leaves her place and he's sitting on a park bench and this older gentleman uh, sits down next to him and the young man is smoking a cigarette. It's at nighttime and, and he offers the old man a cigarette or maybe the old man says, can I have a cigarette? And he gives him a cigarette and the old man tells him a story and it turns out the old man is an angel, like literally like, you know, with the wings and everything like that. And and he tells him this story where he was sort of a detective in 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 heaven before it was heaven, basically. He was like the vengeance of God. And so it's his job to track down the murderer of this angel. And he tells a story and then of course there's it's all it's all drawn out there beautifully. And I, I, I I'm 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 ashamed to say I don't did not write down the the name of the um the artist, but it's it's it was very, very well done. It was probably the biggest story in it. The next story in that that 
that collection, that Neil Gaiman Library Volume 1 collection, was How to Talk to Girls at Parties. And this seemed to be the most autobiographical, where it was a character that seemed very much like Neil Gaiman um, in in what appeared to be like maybe the, the late 70s or, or, or early 80s. And uh, it's it's he and a friend going to a party where there's all these young ladies in this house and his uh, his friend is very good looking and very charming and uh, the the protagonist or the main character in the story that you're kind of following is 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 has the gift of gab but that's about it or that's what the implication is and so he's talking up these ladies and and while he does he he finds out they're not all they seem to be. All these beautiful, beautiful women at this party are not exactly what they seem to be. And of course, that's very Neil Gaiman-like, if you know Neil Gaiman. Um, and I, I won't give anything else away, but that that was a fun one. And then the last one has it's a very long name. Forbidden Brides of the Faceless Slaves in the Secret House of the Night of Dread Desire. Yeah, that's that's a long, long title. But it, it, was, it was more or less a comedy. It was supposed to be about... Uh, a fella, a fella trying to write a story, and um, and it it was okay. But by this time, I was like, all right, I'm all right, I'm all gaming out. It's a, it was a lot to take in, in in a short amount of time, and I, I blew through these. But I, I'd recommend it if you like Neil Gaiman. If any of that stuff sounded interesting to you, he's a great writer. Um, you know, I could, you know, the art the artwork is is phenomenal throughout this book also. Uh, but uh, but really, it's it's more at least for me, it was all about Neil Gaiman. Now, the last thing I read, and I'm going to mention this only briefly because we're running out of time here, but it was Mega Hex by Simon Hanselman. Holy moly, this book. I laughed. So I don't think I've ever laughed so hard reading a graphic novel. Maybe maybe Axe Cop, if you ever read Axe Cop. Um, but but Mega Hex was, is excellent. It's by this fellow Simon Hanselman, who is the artist and the writer. And I, he, he's from Tasmania. And, and the story's about a witch who lives with a cat and um they basically have an apartment in what appears to be i guess like a a suburban neighborhood in i what i assume is supposed to be Tasmania maybe it's like uh, um it's a house really it's not really an apartment but they it's it's the two of them and they have another roommate named Owl who is like an anthropomorphic owl and and they just do a ton of drugs and they they treat each other terribly they just do awful things like pranks to each other. And, oh my God, I laughed so hard reading this book. And it was just, it was such guy humor. Like, and, and when I say that, I mean, like, I, I mean, uh, it was just like, kind of like, um, a lot of stuff below the belt, if you, if you know what I mean. Like a lot of, like, this was not for children. Obviously, you're not going to let a kid read a, uh, uh, a book that has drug use in it, assumedly anyways, you know, where these character, characters are smoking, uh, smoking pot and uh, taking acid and whatnot, <laughs> but, but yeah, a lot of adult humor, so uh, if, if that sounds like your thing, check it out, but again, uh, do, do, not, uh, do not think that maybe this would be appropriate for, for a younger person, not at all, oh my god, but so, so funny, and I will read the rest of Simon Hanselman's uh, work, wow, what a talented, talented person, all, all of them talented people, you know, Anyway, that that's about all I've got for you. I I am sorry I, I don't have more. Um, it's been it's been a rough day. I was I had a headache for most of the day. I'm recording this in the evening, uh, Sunday evening. I I basically I, I probably gave myself a headache, staring at you know at my phone reading all this all these books all these comics. I'm pretty sure that's what I 
did, I did this to myself, you know, other than the Linda Berry book, which I'd had in, in hardback. But anyways, this has been episode 164 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Our theme song is Walrus Love by Nokia Ocean. You can find that song and more at pizzapuppies.bandcamp.com. My name is Andy Mascola. You can purchase my novels via Amazon and other online book retailers in both paperback and ebook formats for as little as $1.99. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. We love you. Peace.